Welcome to the vent. I'm your host, Jeffrey K. Pelham, Don P. Um, I'm riding solo again today. BJ and Stuffy wasn't able to be with me. Um, sometimes we are able to do the show together, sometimes we're not, but it's still under the same umbrella. We're still the vent. So I just wanted to get that out there. But anyway, and we got a lot of stuff to discuss today. It's a big weekend. We got college football. We got the NFL regular season about to start this weekend. And there's just a lot of things that's going on in the world that's just crazy right now. The biggest thing I know that's going on right now is the protest of the national anthem. And it's starting, seems like this is starting to go the wrong way. The initial reason Colin Kaepernick was protesting the national anthem was to give attention to police brutality and all the injustices that's going on in the country. But however, the discussion has went from that and it's all focused on the flag and national anthem. And this is just starting to go the wrong way. I've heard, and it luck is being confirmed, that the Seattle Seahawks whole team is planning to protest the national anthem as a team. That's gonna be a really, really strong message. But there is a catch, there is a caveat tomorrow. Um, in case you don't know, I'm pretty sure everybody is aware. Tomorrow is 9-11. You know, um, emotions are gonna be really high. That's probably one of the most patriotic days that we do have, given the events that happened in 9-11, all the lives that were lost. And I think the protest is gonna collide with the 9-11 events and it's gonna cause a lot of controversy. It's totally gonna take attention from what Colin Kaepernick was trying to do was to bring attention to police brutality. And people gonna be so dialed in on the 9-11 events, the flag itself. And I think the protest is going to cause a big aggravation, given that it is 9-11. You know, if I was the Seahawks team, I might try doing it maybe next week. I I'm with it. I don't have a problem with it protesting, but I think the timing of it being tomorrow is going to cause a real, real big issue. And you know, 9-11, the military the flag, it all ties together. And I think protesting against the flag on 9-11, that's all everybody's going to talk about. And we're going to lose the main focus of the issue. And the issue was the injustices being done to minorities and police brutality. And I think it's already lost. That's all. If you look at the top shows, the 90% um, of the discussion is about the flag and the national anthem. And a small percentage is about the issues that's going on. And that wasn't supposed to be the intent, but that's what happened. And, and right now, Brandon Marshall, when he protested Thursday night, he lost his sponsor like Friday. And these sponsors, man, they, they're, they're just not gonna allow this. If you, 
protest as a big star, nine times out of ten, you're going to lose your sponsor. And that's how they're going to counterattack this. They can't stop you because it's your right to protest. But however, they can yank your sponsors. And that's what they're going to do. They're sending the message. When I say they, I mean the man, whoever it is. They are sending the message. You can protest. That's fine. You defend your right, but however, you, you're not going to have no sponsorship for us. You're going to lose money. But when you protest, that's the main thing. You do lose something when you protest. That's the whole object. If you're not losing nothing, it's not really a protest. So that's going to probably prevent some of your biggest stars from protesting. They believe in the cause. Everybody is rallied behind Colin Kaepernick of his message. But I don't think they're trying to lose money at the same time because these guys work hard. They work hard to be in the position they're in to get the sponsors and all that. But you lose your sponsor and you wake up the next morning, things are still going to be the same, but you're not just going to have any sponsors. So I don't know who's going to be willing to risk that. They've laid down the gauntlet. When I mean they, I mean the man. They have laid down the gun. I mean, you know, the corporation, corporate. They're like, hey, go ahead and protest. And me, I think the NFL, they gonna let this go for made a couple of more weeks. Now, I promise you, I probably put my last dollar. They're gonna make a ruling that they're gonna make it mandatory for the players to stand up for the national anthem. I mean, the um, the NFL is a private enterprise. They can do this if they want to. In the NBA, it's mandated that you have to stand. And I think the sponsors are gonna put pressure on the NFL to make these guys stand. And I think maybe it might go a couple more weeks. I think they're gonna try to gauge it out to see who's standing, who's not standing. And I say about week four, I, I bet, hopefully I'm wrong, but I doubt it. I bet they pass it down where these guys are gonna have to stand for the national anthem. To me, I think it's your own private choice. But however, if you do this, you gotta be willing to risk something and lose something. And I mean, I think this whole thing is now created a whole nother problem. Now we got a problem with the national anthem and the flag, and we still got the police brutality problem. So now we're battling two fronts instead of one, which was supposed to be the police brutality. And this is, it just, it just seems like this is starting to go the wrong way. It's more about the flag and the national anthem than anything, and that was not the original intent. So I mean, stars like Cam Newton and some more of our other black big stars, they're probably gonna remain standing. They probably want to kneel, but who who's gonna take that heavy loss? Cause you're gonna lose sponsors. That's already been out there. Kaepernick lost all his sponsors. Brandon Marshall lost his sponsor, the linebacker, not to, not to confuse him with the wide receiver from New York. I don't know if Jeremy Lane had him this sponsor, but if he did, he probably lost them. So they are making you pay for kneeling during the national anthem. And um, they had a couple of females from the West Virginia volleyball team to kneel, but there's no telling what happened to them in the aftermath of that. I mean, this is just starting to go just south. And hopefully we can come up maybe with a different way to let our issues be heard and to bring attention to police brutality. Because I think the flag is just such a huge symbol that is taken away from the issue and with it being 9-11 tomorrow i mean emotions are going to be running super high and and people kneeling tomorrow it's just going to be magnified times 50 the, um, all 
the harshness and all the critics that are going to come out of the woodwork. And that is going to dominate the, the headlines instead of being NFL open weekend. So I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can get to a middle ground. But it's not like the protest is starting to turn the wrong way. There's a lot of supporters, but the man, the corporate side, I think is going to end up trying to shut this thing down. And we're going to have to come up with another way where these guys won't lose money but still get the issues heard. So hopefully they can all get together. We can all, where we all need to get together and come up with something. Speaking of football, hey, it's college weekend. Um, there's not really a lot of big games on tap. This is what I call cupcake weekend. Cupcake weekend is these big teams playing these little guys, I guess. Maybe a little preseason tune-up. We had a lot of good games the first week, but I guess this is what we call tune-up week. I call it cupcake week. Uh, I, don't, I didn't really see any intriguing games on the schedule. But there is one game that intrigues me, and let me get to this. LSU playing Jacksonville State. It's not the game that intrigues me. It's the LSU team. And you fans have been coming at me after Woodwork, sending me personal messages on Facebook, calling me, texting me, saying I dogged your team last week. Let me get on the record, and I did not dog your team. Your team dogged itself. You lost to an unranked opponent, which is Wisconsin, a game you should have won because you ranked number five in the nation. I will say it once, and I will say it again. Brandon Harris cannot play bad like that and you beat decent team and i call wisconsin a decent team not even a good team a decent team i mean you just can't go 12 for 21 one touchdown and two picks and expect to be a decent team or even a good team it's just not gonna happen he just hasn't made the progression from last year to this year that we need to see he just hasn't that's not my fault i'm just calling it like i see it there's a lot of people that see it that way and I think if he continues to play quarterback, the season is going to go down. I mean, LSU has a tough schedule. You play you play in the SEC. What do you think is going to happen when you have to go on the road to go to Florida? And when I don't even want to talk about Alabama coming to town because right now I don't even see a, it might be half a decent contest because the game is at LSU. But hell, you can't keep giving Leonard Fournette the ball 28 times a game. You will get the man killed. You know what? If I was playing LSU, I would load seven in the box and make Brandon Harris beat me. Until he proved that he can get the ball downfield and make good decisions, that's exactly what I'd do. Because you're just going to kill Fournette. If I was him, I'd probably think about turning in my pads right now. Because that guy's got an NFL future. And if Brandon Harris can't get the ball down the field, they're just going to load up the box and just tee off on him. You know, the offense I seen last week is the same offense we seen last year, which wasn't super productive against a good team. Once again, November the 5th, when Alabama comes to LSU, I got Alabama by 10 points. And that's being nice. Because I, I don't see any progression from the LSU team from last year to this year. You can disagree all you want to. That was shown last week. Now, you got a cupcake this week, so Brandon Harris needs to have a really good game this week. He needs some confidence because you're about to hit the meat of this um, schedule in the SEC. We know how tough the SEC West is. And I got that November 5th 
games circled on my calendar because I already know what's going to happen. You cannot beat Alabama with half a quarterback and a good running back. That's just not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. Because if you look at the way both of those teams are built, LSU and Alabama, they're built the same. They have, they always have good running backs, sometimes great running backs, a great defense, and game-managing quarterbacks. But you know what the difference is? When it's time for the Alabama quarterbacks to make a play, they can make the play, and the LSU quarterbacks have proven that they can't do that in the biggest of moments. That's the difference. They both built the same, if you ask me. But the Alabama quarterbacks always seem like they can find a way to win the tough games when LSU quarterbacks can't. And that's just plain and simple. Cut and dry. I don't know what else you want me to tell you, but if you want to keep taking me to task, hey, go in the comment section. Let's, let's put this out front. Let's put it on Facebook where everybody, don't private message me. Don't call me. Let's put it on Facebook. Put it in the comment section, and then... I can reply and just let let's let the world see it. Let's let the world get in on this until I get the phone line up and running. Then when the phone line's up and running, you can call me and we can go to task in front of everybody. But I'm not backing down my stance when I'm talking about LSU. Prove it. Prove it to me. Prove it that you can beat Alabama. I know you can beat the other teams. You've done it before. But prove it to me that you can beat Alabama and then we have something to talk about. Other than that, I don't have nothing to talk about. I'm not coming down off my stance. I'm not going to take back what I said about Brandon Harris. I'm not going to excoriate him just completely because he's a kid, you know. And all this, he's not a professional. But however, he's not getting the job done. So I don't know what you want me to tell you about that. Plain and simple. But yeah, opening weekend in the NFL, this is going to be interesting. There's a lot of interesting games. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to go ahead and pick my division winners out of each division who I think is going to represent the NFC, the AFC, and my Super Bowl winner, which will probably surprise you. I'm going to start with the AFC East. I don't care if Tom Brady is suspended for a game. The New England Patriots still going to win the division. I mean, you got Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets. They're not going to win the division. Tom Brady's going to come back. The Patriots are probably going to go 11-5 and win the division. Other than that, nobody in that division scares me at all. If I'm the Patriots, I wouldn't be scared of the Jets. I wouldn't be scared of Buffalo. And I wouldn't be scared of Miami. You know, Miami is an interesting team. They're consistent. They consistently go around 8-8. Eight and eight. They have the talent. They got Cameron Wake. They got Jarvis Landry. They got the Dominican Sioux. But Ryan Tannehill just hasn't proved anything to me that he can win on a consistent basis. The Dolphins aren't good, but they're not bad. But they're about 8-8. Eight and eight. And I got them at 8-8. Eight and eight. Buffalo, unless Rex Ryan gets the defense straightened out. He's supposed to be a defensive genius, but their defense went down the tubes last year. So maybe he could get something there. I'm not... I don't have a lot of confidence in Rex Ryan as a head coach. I have confidence in him as a defensive coordinator, but a head coach, nah, he just hasn't really proven a lot to me. So I think he's on the hot seat this year. If he doesn't do something this year, I think he's out of that. Todd Bowles is doing good things with the Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a good season last year, but I don't know if he could put back-to-back good seasons together. And that's my concern with the New York Jets. 
they got the wideouts. They got Brandon Marshall, got Decker. They got the defense. They got, you know, um, Revis anchoring the defense. But I don't think they have enough to dethrone the Patriots. I don't think none of these teams have enough to dethrone the Patriots. Miami typically beats them once a year, but they're just not going to win enough games to overthrow the Patriots. So I do got the Patriots coming out the AFC East. NFC North, that's tough. That's tough. You got the Bengals, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I know one thing is guaranteed. Cleveland's going to finish last in that division, and I think I'm going to give them two wins. Don't give me where they got RG3. They do, but who else they got? Name me about six starters, or four, or five. You probably can't. I got them going, let me be nice. Four and 12. That's about it. Baltimore, they should be at full strength this year. I'm not I'm not really sure what they're going to do. You know, it, it's hard to call, but I will say that I got the Cincinnati Bengals winning the division. The only reason I got them winning the division is because Pittsburgh got those players suspended. And Martavius Bryant, he's gone for the year. Le'Veon Bell is gone for four games because they can't stop smoking weed. I don't have nothing against people that smoke weed, but when it costs you money, it costs you your job, you might want to reconsider getting a new hobby. But if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Just know it's just going to cost your pockets in the end. But I got the Cincinnati Bengals winning the AFC North, AFC South, flip a coin. I really don't like none of the teams in the South. I don't like the Colts because Andrew Luck can't stay healthy and their offensive line completely sucks. The Tennessee Titans are still a young team. They're going to be improved, but it's not going to be enough. Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville intrigues me. Brian Brian Bortles, I'm sorry. Um, Allen Robinson and Hearns, they make a lethal combination. And they're going to be a team to look out for in the future. But I just don't think they're quite ready yet. But they're going to be much improved from last year. Then that leaves you with the Houston Texans. They got a great defense. And I don't know about Brock Osweiler. Like, he's an upgrade for what they had last year at quarterback. So if you had to put me in the corner, which I'm in the corner right now, I'm going to take the team with the strongest defense, and that's going to be the Houston Texans coming out the AFC South. AFC West is tough. I think the Chargers are going to be in last. Oakland's going to be very improved and intriguing. But I don't know if they got if they're gonna have enough to win the division. Denver, their quarterback situation scares me. It does, but their defense is good enough to carry them. And the Chiefs are, they're the Chiefs. They have a great defense. Alex Smith manages the game. I don't know about the health of Jamal Charles. But, but I'm gonna have to take as much as I love the Raiders, I'm gonna take Denver because I believe they got a slightly better overall team with a really good defense. NFC East, here we go again. You got the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Redskins. I'm not worried about the Eagles. They're starting a rookie quarterback. I think they're just trying to find something there. So I I got them coming in last. The Redskins... Giants and Cowboys seem like they're about all equal to me. Kirk Cousins had a good season last season. Um, Jordan Reed has come into his own as a tight end. 
Me, I actually got him as the second best tight end in the NFL behind Gronk. The Giants, they retooled their defense, but their defense was just horrible last year. It was horrible, but you got Eli Manning, you got ODB and the Cowboy. Of course, we know Tony Romo is out. That, that's no surprise. He's always out. He's always hurt. Let me say this about Dak Prescott. He had a really, really great, not great, really good preseason. And everybody's hitching their wagon to Dak Prescott being the man, being the savior. Pump your brakes. Just, just hold on one second. We haven't seen him play in regular season. We haven't seen him against number one defenses on a consistent basis. We haven't seen him against the exotic defensive schemes and the sophisticated blitzes that you see in the regular season. I admit, he's intriguing. He's looking good, but I'm not hitching my wagon to him. Not just yet. A lot of people like to look at preseason performances and think that's going to carry over to the regular season. And that's just not the case on a lot of times. That's just not the case. But, you know, you got Ezekiel Elliott in the background. So, not the background, the backfield. So, the Cowboys are going to be intriguing. It's hard to call their season. I mean, they were a consistent 8-8 eight and eight team. Then they went 12-4. and four. Then they went 4-12 and 12 last year due to all the injuries. But I think this is probably the toughest division to call. But I'm going to go with the Cowboys because I think from top to bottom, they got the best overall talent. And that's my tiebreaker. If Washington won the division, I wouldn't be surprised. If the Giants won the division, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think if you look at the rosters, I think the Cowboys are slightly, and I'm talking about slightly, the better team overall. In the NFC North, you got Green Bay, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. I'm just going to scratch the Bears and Lions automatically out. Because anytime you got Jake Cutler back there, quarterback, nah, nah. to me, I'm not a Jake Cutler fan at all. Detroit, they wasn't any good last year with Megatron. They don't have Megatron this year, so I'm scratching them off. That leaves us with Green Bay and Minnesota. Teddy Bridgewater went down in preseason, which is a bad break for Minnesota. I don't know about Sean Hill. Sam Bradford. He can probably do the same thing that Teddy Bridgewater does. He just can't stay healthy, but he can probably do the same thing that Teddy Bridgewater is going to do. Teddy Bridgewater is just a really good game manager. He's not going to beat you with his arm for three or 400 yards. He's going to make the careful passes and not turn the ball over. But then you got Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson's back. And Eddie Lacy has lost the weight, so he should be running the ball a little bit better this year. So give me Green Bay. Give me the better quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. Give me Green Bay in the NFC North. The NFC South, you got the Falcons, Saints, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. To me, this is going to be a runaway division with the Carolina Panthers winning it. The Saints defense was just horrible last year. Horrible. I mean, all-time historic horrible. Will they upgrade some? Maybe. Will they play better? They better. The defense better play better. 
Drew needs to play a little bit slightly better with him wanting $25 million a year. But guess what? You don't have any choice but to give it to him because if you don't give it to him, who else you going to get? Who else are you going to get to replace Drew Brees and what he means to the city of New Orleans? You know who you going to get? Nobody. Unless you're going to go to the backup. I wouldn't think so. But you got to pay him. Look at the quarterback market. Look at the ones that got paid that ain't worth nothing. That hasn't won nothing. You know, people say he's 38. He is. But it's a quarterback league. You need a quarterback. You got to pay the man. You pay him. You still ain't winning the division, but you got to pay him. Because I don't think the defense is going to be good enough. They were horrible last year. I think they'd be slightly a little bit better, but I don't think so. You know Atlanta Falcons are the Atlanta Falcons. They'll start out 4-0 and then lose like eight out the next nine. That's what they do. They start fast and then the losing starts. I, I don't know. It's like from year to year, they start out 4-0 and and 5-0. and And then after those first five games, I don't expect nothing else from them. That's who they are. That's who they've been. And they have been consistent with that. And I don't think it changes this year. Then in the NFC West, another tough division with the Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. Uh, that, that mess that's going out in San Francisco. Um, Blaine Gabbard, I, I don't even know why he started. To me, you should start Kaepernick. But I don't think it wouldn't matter who you started. They're going to be just horrible this year. Period. The Rams, you know their situation. They got a good defense. The offense is not as strong. You got Jared Goff sitting out. Number one pick, he's not going to even play. Todd Gurley can only do so much. Todd Gurley is going to be the offense. He's going to be all the offense. And that's not going to be enough. The, I had to go back and forth between Arizona and Seattle. And just barely, I'm talking about just barely, I'm going to pick the Arizona Cardinals to win the division. I think position by position, they, I'm talking about by the slimmest of millimeters, they are better than the Seattle Seahawks. Coming out the AFC, I actually got the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just like Big Ben. I like their offense. You know, I like New England. I like the rest of the teams, but I just, I just got a feeling, and I'm not strongly convicted about this, but I just got a feeling that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to come out the AFC. The NFC. I'm going to predict, I think this is the year the Cardinals finally break through. I got Arizona coming out the NFC over Carolina. I think the Carol I think Arizona is going to have home field advantage and beat the Carolina Panthers in the NFC title game. And then we got Pittsburgh and Arizona in a Super Bowl. And once again, I'm not strongly convicted of that. I'm going out on the limb. And the Arizona Cardinals is going to be the Super Bowl champion. That's my prediction. Hey, give me your predictions. Um, when I post the show, go in the comment section. I want to hear your predictions. Um, 
I want to hear your comments about the whole Leland situation. Hey, let's get on here. Let's debate. Let's talk. You're going to comment section with your feedback, with your thoughts, everything. Um, the phone line will be coming really soon where you guys can call in. And the show will be live where we can have some one-on-one conversation. That's going to be really fun. But man, you know, I have a, a great time doing these shows. You know, I'm by no way um, a professional at this. But I do like doing I like talking about sports. I like talking about different issues that's going on. So, hey, support the show. You know, if you listen, hey, please share. You know, we, we're trying to get the show out there. Please share the show. You know, help us promote it. Hey, put your friends on. If you're in groups, man, please share it with the group. Just share, share, share away. You know, we're trying to take this thing to a whole nother level, man. This show is for us guys, you know, the guys in the streets. So, man, I, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the love we've been getting. Man, we really, really, really appreciate you all. So, until next time, I know the show went a little long, but hey, I just had to get this out there to you guys because I thought it was very important to hear. So, once again, like I did last show, another unsigned hype song by my boy Ricky Lack. Enjoy this song. Hope you enjoyed the show. And I will see you next time. And this is The Vent. It's your boy Ricky Lack. Scarecrow on the track. Everything'll be alright. Everything'll be alright. Your girl know 